Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean-Jacques Taylor. We're two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle, so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doug? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren. This is Jam Session, the podcast version 388, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. We're going to have another one of those wild podcasts today, man. We got a few things to kind of go down the rabbit hole on. A couple little sports stories all across the realm of sports that we will dive into. But before we get any of that going, we always start you off with a huge, important piece of information because this happens to everybody and you never know when it's going to happen. That's when you get hit by another car as you were just driving home one night and they run a red light and smash into you and you're like, what the hell is that? Now you got to go to the hospital and you're getting x-rays and brain scans and these medical bills are racking up. You're like, well, I didn't even do anything wrong. You got insurance companies trying to get involved. That's when you need to pick up the phone and give Robert Greening and the green team a call what they do, if you've got a case, is they go to bat for you and they work to fight against those insurance companies to make sure that you get taken care of. Dude, the thing about a man is, and Matt can tell you this from personal experience, it's, it's the care that they take in making sure that everything is set up. So all you got to do is work on getting better. Because trust me, that's a full-time job in and of itself. So they set up doctor's appointments. They say, hey, here's some doctors, here's some things we recommend you check out and make sure that your body's good from A to Z. And it's not just that, but it's also this while they're doing that, they're also attacking and fighting for you against the other insurance company to make sure you get what's coming to you and what's deserved. If you've been in an accident and it ain't your fault. Um, so when you've got somebody who's walking through the process with you, telling you when to hold tight, when to turn left, when to turn right. How about this? What to expect next so that that anxiety disappears? Dude, that's worth his weight in gold. It definitely is. I'm telling you, they help you tremendously guiding you through what can be a very lengthy and difficult process. It's Greening Law, 972-934-8900. The consultation's free. You think you've got a case, the best thing to do, give them a call, find out. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call him now, offices, Dallas, Texas. So I'm going to throw this out to start with the little Cowboys conversation because there's another thing with the Cowboys that just does not seem to want to go away. And, and part of this is the Cowboys' fault because they won't 100% say that, no, it's not happening. But now you've got Brian Baldinger, and, and I'm sure everybody's familiar with, what does he call it, Baldy's Dingers or whatever he calls it that he does, <laughs> yeah. where he breaks down the film. He does a great job of it. And we talked to him. We had him on. We were at the Super Bowl a couple of times. Very, very good NFL analyst, great personality. Well, he's the latest guy to jump in on the Zeke coming back to Dallas train. And he was on a podcast the other day and basically said it makes a lot of sense and he can see it happening, that there's a lot of truth to the rumor. And then he goes on to say, could Zeke take a lower pay structure? Make it up in incentives. That's an option. The guy ran for 12 touchdowns last year. He's still a productive player. He finishes drives. You want him out there on Wednesday in practice after a tough game on Sunday or Monday night. And look, again, the reality of it is, I don't know that Jerry and Steven are, are ever going to 100% close the door. And we've kind of talked about this before because of the respect for the player. But man, it seems like at least once a week, somebody else out there is going to Zeke going back to Dallas. I think this is just the, uh, I think it's a combination of it's a slow time of the year. And 
that people have this, uh, I mean, that they think it's the Cowboys. And here's what I mean. Not only is it a slow time of year, but there's a perception that these Cowboys don't want to walk away from old stars. And in the past, that was the case. But let me ask y'all something. Didn't they cut DeMarcus Ware? Yes. Didn't they cut the great Des Bryant? Like, for real? Yeah. Didn't they cut Sean Lee? Yeah. Uh, didn't they tell DeMarcus Lawrence, we got to cut you, dog. You're making too much money. Yeah. Um, so they will walk away, man. This is a new age where they will walk away. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Didn't they cut Tony Romo? Yeah, they did. <laughs> Dude. So let's get over it, man. Um, Zeke was a great player for a few years with the Cowboys. I'm a Buckeye. I love Zeke more than most of y'all because I saw him go from Ohio State freshman to fourth pick of the draft to all pro and watch his career. And we had a really good relationship in the Cowboys locker room. Had a lot of talks with Zeke. So I like that Zeke. But here's the question nobody ever asked and nobody has asked. Does Zeke want to come back? That You know what? Like, nobody is asking that. Nah, I'm serious. So, Matt, your girl dumps you. She goes and dates some other people. Uh, I can't really find anybody I want to settle down with, Matt. Uh, let's get back together. No, nah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm not your sloppy seconds. We good. Um, plus, he don't come back as Zeke. Like, who is Zeke, man? Zeke is a guy who set these rushing records. Zeke is a guy who, uh, you know, burst onto the scene and did all of this. Zeke is a guy who scored this many touchdowns. He's got this many records. Uh, you know, blase, blase. That was before they cut him. When they come back, he ain't even got his number no more, dog. Stephon Gilmore got his number. He the one parading around wearing 21. Oh, well, Zeke wanted to wear 15 anyway. Okay. So whatever he made last year, we could look it up, but it's 10 or 12 million. Now he got to make 1 million. Now everybody know, damn, boy, Zeke went from 12 million to 1 million. Woo, that's a big cut. Yeah. Hey, Zeke, you, you want us to pick up lunch for you today? <laughs> I mean, it's just not the same vibe if he comes back, man. Now, if he had left and gone somewhere for three or four years, did a good job, and then came back, that's a different vibe. But to get cut, have no one show any interest in you at all and then bring you back as somewhat of a charity case zeke is bigger than that man i don't even know if zeke would want that my suspicion is he wouldn't yeah and that's the flip side of this whole thing like we've talked about in the past i mean it makes sense if he's going to go somewhere to take something like that it wouldn't be in dallas and he may just walk away completely who knows why do you see all those guys leave and sign one-year deals elsewhere because they can't accept the fact that, let me put it like me, okay? I was a columnist at the Dallas Morning News. It's the highest level you can reach at the Dallas Morning News. Mm -hmm. All right? They say, okay, we got to lay you off. Okay, fine, that's part of business. And they say, oh, we got an opening on the high school staff. Do you want it? Making, making uh, half of what you used to make. Nah, bro, I'm good. Thank you very much. <laughs> because I walk back in the building. I'm not Jacques Taylor, in, only dude to go from intern to colonist. I'm like, damn, boy, that dude must be desperate. Now he came back with a high school job making half his paper. Not even, not even a columnist, man. Not even a beat writer. High school guy. Yeah. Dude. And you can say, well, that's your ego talk. You're damn right it is, man. Everybody got an ego. Hey, Matt. ESPN is going to offer us our jobs back uh, at half our salary, but we both got to be, you got to, you got to do whatever we used to call the, the tickers and, and I got to do the tickers and you got to run the board. Nah, I'm good. Nah, bro. We good. <laughs> we, we can't go from host to running the board and doing the tickers. Cause yes, our egos ain't going to allow that. Not for half the money. Now, if you said the regular money, maybe we think about it, but half the money, and go run the board, and I'll do the tickers. It ain't happening, bro. Yeah, in reality, I'll go being, find another job. Exactly. Yeah, and and <laughs> we don't know for sure right now. Like, if I'm Zeke, the only way that I would even accept that would be last case scenario. It's either this or like you're hanging it up, and you you don't ever get to do this again. 
Yeah. And, and, and even that, then, it, it just might be, if nobody yeah. wants me, maybe it's time for me to hang it up. Right. And he's got the money where he could do that. We hope so. Right. You, you, you hope so. I mean, who knows how he's taking care of his money, but the, the hope is that he would have that, the bag secure essentially for where he's going in life. But it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, I, I was reading this about the Eagles, man. The Eagles, and we all know this, their running back room is loaded. They got six dudes. They're not breaking camp with six running backs on their roster like that. Nope. So that's going to put, what, two, maybe three guys that are going to catch on at a team somewhere else who are feasible backups in the NFL that have been used to that role that will be taking lesser money. You know, so that's what's going to be interesting is I, I keep thinking surely somebody somewhere along the way. I mean, if you're taking 80 some odd dudes or whatever it is to camp, surely. But then it goes back to, OK, well, how much do we have to pay Zeke? And do we want him taking up the reps? Because you kind of know what Zeke is. Like, and even Baldy pointed this out when he was talking about Zeke. Zeke's a guy you can bring him in midweek and he'll be ready to go for you on Sunday. So you don't necessarily need him in camp if you've got young dudes that you'd like to kind of experiment with and have a little bit more. Zeke may be one of those guys that has to wait until the season begins. Hey, we had an in-season injury. Are you ready to roll? Because we need a guy that can step onto the sideline for us and at least be a third down blocker for us at running back. Yeah. Um, Here's the deal, man. Baldy mentioned he scored 12 touchdowns last year. Yeah. Well, he did. Um, Eight of them were from one yard out. One of them was from two yards out. Another from four yards out. Another from six yards out. So 10 of his 12 were from within six yards of the end zone. Uh, and then he had a 10-yard and a 14-yard run. So, yes, he scored 12 touchdowns. You know, one year, because this guy was an anchor. Don't laugh at this, man. This guy was an anchor of my fantasy football team. Back in 1989 uh, or 90 when I was in college. And you know what his name was? Hmm. Brad Baxter. Okay. And you know why he was an anchor? Because he scored 11 touchdowns in 1991 and gained 666 yards. He was a goal line specialist. And those guys don't make a lot of money. That's my point. So, yeah, he's got a lot of touchdowns. But it's not like, uh, it's not like Tony Pollard's touchdowns. No, no, it's not. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think Tony Pollard scored like 10, 10 or 11. So that's the difference. So let's keep it real. We don't have – Zeke's had a good enough career. We don't have to kind of change the narrative on it and say, oh, he's a touchdown maker. Well, no, he's a good short yardage runner because he's tough and physical and all that stuff. But let's keep it real, man. Let's keep it real. I, I, I don't see it happening. We've said that many, many times. But every time somebody brings this up, we'll get a tweet or two. It's like, ah, oh, what do you think? Cowboys going to get back to Zeke? I just, no, I, I don't think well, they are. Okay. I just don't see it happening. Matter of fact, uh, here it is. I went and looked it up because I wasn't sure. Uh, Tony Pollard scored last year 12 touchdowns, Matt. I just gave you Zeke's. Eight from one yard, a four, a six, a 10, and a 14. Right. Well, let's see. Tony Pollard's were... 1, 57, 18, 7, 54, 11, 30, 68, 2, 30, 11, and 10. A little different. <laughs> how about only two? How about nine of his 12 came from more than 10 yards out? That is a ball. That's a game breaker. And that's not a knock on Zeke. He is what he is at this point. Sure. But let's, let's, keep, let's keep the narrative real, man. We don't have to lie about his career now. Or mislead you or, you know, mis- try to misinterpret the numbers to make us feel better about him. Let's just keep it real because he's always been a real player. Not coming back to Dallas. No. It's not happening. So you guys no. can put it to rest. It's going to be okay. Yes. It's hard to let go. I understand it, man. I get it. Yes. You invested in that yes. 21. It wasn't cheap. You want to wear it and you want to hope that it still means something. And it does. You can still wear it. It's okay. I still got my 82, Jason Witten. He hadn't played in the Cowboys for years. It's okay that you like to tell him when, hey, Matt, you're his favorite NFL player. He has your jersey. <laughs> right to his face the first time I'm like introduced to Jason Witten. Kick ass. That was fun. God, he just, the look in his eyes of just like kind of, I want, he wanted to roll his eyes, but he didn't want to embarrass me completely. So he just laughed like oddly. What are you going to do? 
Thanks, Jacques. Hey, well, that's why I told him. I knew, I knew um, that he wouldn't roll his eyes and he would respect that. Yeah, yeah. He 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 held on very well. I don't know what was what was more. See, the, the funny thing was is that wasn't a bit. That was just Jacques randomly doing that. When we gave those shoes to Dak at training camp that one time. The look on his face, and he didn't know what to do because he thought it was real. Like, he thought we were seriously presenting him with this. And he goes, oh, sweet. <laughs> God, man, that was so classic. That should have gotten way more traction than it did. Dude, guess what I just discovered? Mm. I sent you a text. It now makes sense. When, 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 when I called Matt this morning, I got a show. He goes, hey, I wondered if you were dead or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, I'm only five minutes late. And so I was about to send a text and I just looked at it and the text that I sent you that said, gonna need eight this a.m., bro. Workout for me was savage. And then I took a picture of my watch. I don't think you got that text. I did not. I never got it, man. No, my friend Larry Starks got that text. (laughs) (laughs) And so he sends me like, damn, I'm actually getting ready to head to the gym. I'm just gonna try to do half of that. Man. And I'm sure he was like, because he's a business colleague. He's yeah. like, I'm sure he's like, I don't know why the hell this dude is texting me at 745 about what he did at the gym. I could give a fuck. I bet, man, because I was sitting here going, <laughs> well, what's going on? What's happening? Right. Now, the good thing is that would be unlike me not to not to text or send something. So yeah. So I, I, I was like, you know, usually I hear something from and, you. And then I got on the phone like I'm sure Matt was thinking. Oh, you just act like it's no big deal. Dude. Yeah. You got shit to do. Come you on, man. Like, ah, woo-hoo. <laughs> so I apologize for that, bro. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> it happens. We're here. We've made it. <laughs> All right, so some other other things to get into here, and I'll just throw this out because last night, Monday night, the Denver Nuggets win their first ever world championship. It just so happened to come on the 12th anniversary of the Mavs winning their only world championship with both teams taking out the Miami Heat to do it, which is always great to see. But man, I got to tell you, I don't know if you watched it. I I tuned in for like the last half of the fourth quarter and it was it was very, very good. I thought it might come down to a final shot. And I will say this. I mean, I, I, I really like Jimmy Butler. His story is phenomenal just an epic story about a dude who just would not let anything else happen for him. Basically created his own destiny in a sense. I mean, granted, yes, he's extremely talented, but talk about a crazy hard worker that was given a shit sandwich in life and overcame it. This dude, as, as great of a player as Jimmy Butler is, made two of the most brain fart plays in the final, whatever, 20 seconds of a game like this that you'll ever see. One of them, he drives the lane and then realizes he's stuck. And it's almost like a panic. He just, he just turns and like throws it thinking he's going to hit a dude out in the three point line and, and literally throws it directly to a Denver nugget player Oh, who goes down and they have to foul him and he hits his free throws. So then Denver's down by three with like 16 seconds left or whatever. Butler ends up getting the ball and with 17 seconds left on the shot clock, launches up an off-balance three-pointer like he's got to hit it to extend the game and the buzzer's running out, and it's way off, and the Nuggets rebounded, and at that point, you knew it was over. Yeah, you're a good man because I turned it on, and the uh, I checked the score going into the fourth quarter, and I was just like, nah. Yeah. I think it was close enough that I go, the Nuggets are going to win this one. At oh, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'll look at the highlights in the morning. <laughs> yeah, man, and that's that's what it was. And it, it's just. And I hate to be like man. that because I think the Nuggets are actually, uh, I don't know what it was. Because let me see how to say this. The Nuggets actually play a fun brand of basketball. But I think because I didn't think the series was going to be challenging. I think that's why I never got into it. Like, I don't care that nobody wanted Miami and Denver. Oh, the, no, the TV networks. It wasn't that. If, if, if Miami had been somebody I thought could really challenge them, and maybe if they had won game one, I'd have been really in, into it. But I just never got the fact. I mean, Denver was really the best team all year, and oh, they yeah. slaughtered everybody in the West. Yes. Slaughtered them. I mean, it wasn't even close. So, I don't know. I think it was more a case of uh, 
they were just so much better this year. Yes, man. And the thing of it is, Denver is loaded. And all those guys that made it happen this year, they're back next year. I mean, Jokic, Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, all those guys, you know, Caldwell Pulp, all those guys are back next year. Well, here's the question, and this is always the question. They're back. They'll be contenders. The question is whether you have the same drive and determination after you win it than before you win it. That's always the question. Right. And, and I mean, reality of it is we all know this. I mean, the West, the West is, ex- it, it, they're just so low. I mean, nobody saw Memphis doing what they did this year. Apparently, Sacramento has figured some things out. Phoenix is still here. The Warriors, although they're aging, are still around. You know, are the Mavs going to be able to figure some things out? Who knows? Dude, but the team to watch next year is OKC. Yeah, like you got OKC who was right there in the mix of things this year. Yeah, and that's without uh, the big guy from Gonzaga, their number two pick overall, missed the entire year. And uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander's turned yeah. into a superstar. So, And they got like a zillion draft picks. Yeah, and that's the thing is, man, looking at this and looking at Denver, when you – even if the Mavs bring back Kyrie, they're just – it just feels like you're, they're two colossally different teams. Now, Jokic can do things that nobody else in the NBA can do, obviously. But, I mean, with Luka and Kyrie, if they can figure it out, problem is they just don't have anybody else. And, man, when you watch the Nuggets play, they have so many different players that can well, do it from so many different ways to beat you. And they play high-level defense. Well, they're, they're, okay, we're not even going to get into the defensive thing because that has to be a whole mindset from a team and personnel. Right, right. But the thing that the Mavericks need is what they had two years ago is nobody knew Jalen Brunson was going to turn into Jalen Brunson. And so what they need is, okay, even if you've got Kyrie and you got Luka, you need somebody else, whether it's uh, – I'm, I'm having an old man moment – Who's the young guy from the G League who came up and just started throwing in 20-point games? Hardy? Yeah. yeah. You need him to be a guy who averages like 17 points a game and give you some of that dynamic play, you know, athleticism. Uh, you need a guy like Josh Young to be like, oh, I'm in my fourth year now. Let me show you what I can really do and be that consistent guy. Maybe he's a guy who goes 12, 5, and 8 or 6 or, you know, whatever. You need him to really take a jump and be a really good player. Then you might have something to talk about. But you need those guys. You got to have people outside of your superstars do something. And those guys seem to me to be the most capable of elevating their game and turning into something we didn't expect. And obviously you're talking about Josh Green. Josh Young, of course, the Ranger. But I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I got baseball on my mind. No, I understand it, man. I mean, it's... I don't know why, but it, like for me, when they re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. to that monster contract, that was like a signal to me that it just wasn't going to work for a while. Because you, you, like when you're pushed into a corner where that's the guy that you have to sign for that amount of money, I just thought that that's not that guy, man. It just isn't. I don't know. It just, for whatever reason, it just seems, and, and that's what's weird about Dallas sports in general. The Mavs are the last major Dallas sports franchise to win an NBA champion or to win a championship. It's been 12 years since one of the main four teams from Dallas has won a championship. It's been a minute, bro, since Denver's won like four in the last six, six months. Yeah, and you look at it, I mean, the Avs, of course, who just won the Stanley Cup in 2022. The Nuggets win this thing. Yeah, the Broncos and the Rockies have been down. But, you know, you look at Stan Kroenke, man. Dude owns the Avs. Owns the Rams, who won the 2022 Super Bowl, or the 2021 Super Bowl. The Avs win the Stanley Cup, and now he's got the Nuggets, who just won an NBA championship. Yep. Not bad if you're an owner, I guess, huh? Hail to the now. It's also not bad if you need some elite-level service on your vehicles, man. Take them over to Freeway Tire Shop. It's the place to go. Jacques was just there over the weekend, dropping off his cars with JR, because JR will take care of you the mechanic you can trust on everything, whether it's more extensive work, whether you need some tires, whether you just need an oil change. We all need to get stuff done with our car. You want to take it to a place where you have that peace of mind. They're doing the work they say and stand behind it. That's Freeway Tire Shop right there north of downtown Dallas. 
Nah, man. You know, I, I tell everybody, and I've actually had a few people hook me, hit me up this weekend and go, "Hey, I saw you posted that on Twitter. Is that like some real thing, or, or what's that?" Like, come on, man. Yeah, it's real. I was dropping my car off, and I just decided to tell y'all why I dropped my car off there, which is because you can trust them to give you a quick and uh, accurate diagnosis. You can trust them to um, uh, use quality parts to fix your car. You can trust them to charge you a fair price, and then you can trust them to stand behind your work. And so, if your mechanic ain't doing all four of those things, not two out of three, not three out of four, all four of those things, then you need to go to uh, Freeway Tire, man. It's uh, five minutes from downtown. It's right up 35 toward Denton. You get off at Commonwealth. You go through the light. You look to the right. JR is there. Dude, you get greeted with a smile. You walk in, tell them what's wrong with your car. Nine out of ten times, they, they call you back with some pictures. Hey, here's the deal. Here's what we found. Here's what we saw. Uh, here's a quote, boom, 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 you get it done. Hey, it's all good, man. JR is the place to go. Take your car by him. You can thank us later. That's exactly right. Easy to find. And if you want more info, check them out online. They're right there for you at freewaytireshop.com. Also, of course, our friends over there at Flow Air Heating and Air. And again, we talk about this, man, your AC in the summer when you are in Texas, it runs and it runs and it runs and it runs. You're going to run into problems, and that's why you need to make sure everything is working the way it's supposed to. That's flow air, heating, and air. That's what they're there for. And right now in the month of June, they're running a duct cleaning special. So find out more about that. You can call them. You can text them. They will respond to your text, which is fantastic. 817-808-4115. You don't want to mess with your AC in the summer in Texas. That's why flow air, heating, and air is there for all of your air conditioning needs. Nah, bro. I just looked at the uh, calendar yesterday. Next three days were 90 plus, 90 plus, 90 plus. Jeez. And then the three days after that, 100 plus, 100 plus, 100 plus. Summer has arrived. You want Flow Air to help you out, man. All this is preventative. All this is give you peace of mind. Because uh, you don't want your air conditioner breaking down on the weekend. You don't want to break it down at night. How about this? You don't want to break it down at all. So whether it's having your ducts cleaned or having your system maintenance right now before it gets really cranked up, Now's the time to call Flow Air and let them do what they do best. Now, if something disastrous does happen, good thing is, hey, you can call them, text them, get them 24-7. That's exactly Hard right. Hard to beat that, bro. Yeah, and, and that's the best thing, man, because that 24-7 emergency service that Flow Air Heating and Air offers, it comes in handy. Because we've all had, at some point in our lives, all of us have woken up in the middle of the night drenched in sweat going, what is wrong? You need your AC, man. It's Flow Air Heating and Air. Give them a call. They're family and veteran-owned. They've been doing it for a long time. You can call them. You can text them. 817-808-4115. Or look them up. It's flowairtx.com online. So let's take this trip around the block real quick here. And we got some things to get into. So first off for you, I'm curious because I don't know if it hit in downtown Dallas. But man, the storms of the last couple of days in Dallas... They had baseball-sized hail in areas a little bit more out east, and I had texted my mom about it and asked, did y'all get hit with the baseball-sized hail? And my mom was like, no, it was golf-ball-sized. And they're like, everything is okay, but they, they got to have somebody come out and check their roof because anytime you get golf ball or bigger when you're talking about hail, that's when, I mean, I, I've seen pictures. I was trying to see somebody that I'm friends with on Facebook posted pictures and their car's they got hit with the baseball size hail and like their windows and their cars were smashed out and all that type of stuff when it rolled through the other night. I mean, you talk about that is wild storms the last couple of days in DFW. And dude, I ain't seen hardly none of them downtown. Which is crazy. <laughs> no, how about this? I think I mentioned this the other day. A friend of mine came in town from Minneapolis. Uh, his son was playing in a high level soccer tournament. And so I was checking with him and I go, hey, when is your games? And he says, I got to call you back. The schedule's been all redone because of the storms. Dude, I literally sent him a text. I said, in Minneapolis or Dallas? Man. <laughs> he says, he says, uh, in Dallas. And I go, uh, where? I said, y'all out in Frisco? Because I thought maybe they were playing out where the, yeah. burn, where the uh, FC Dallas plays. I did call him the burn. Wow. Wow, that's and, old uh, school. Yeah, it is. And uh, he's like, no, man, we're in, uh, I think we're in like Richardson or Dallas. I go, oh, my bad. Oops. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I'm downtown. There's no, there was no, uh, there was no hail here. Uh, there was barely some storms here, Golly. which is crazy. 
Yeah, it's but crazy. I was going across the Hunt Bridge the other day, and uh, dude, it was dark. It was a dark and gloomy night on one side of the bridge, and it was sunny, shiny on the other side. So that was I was looking south, and it was dark and gloomy. It looked like you know the world was about to end. And then looking north, it was sunny, sun and shiny. So I don't know, man. Texas weather's a trip. Yeah, I mean, there, there is some wild hail that has been rolling through the area. It, it looks like, from what I, like, my, again, my parents live out in the Rockwall area, which is obviously east of downtown Dallas, but Rockwall, Rowlett, like that area, like parts of Plano and whatnot, got nailed with large hail over the weekend, which, I mean, hail damage is the worst, man. They'll total a car based on hail damage. Oh, hell yeah, they will. I mean, I, it's, it's insane. My brother had a car that they totaled because it got crazy hail damage when he was in. I mean, he obviously still lives in Austin, but man, this was a long time ago. Smashed out the windows on his car and just peppered it and broke the windows in his apartment because of the side that the hail was coming in from and smashed mm. out the windows in his apartment, which is or maybe it wasn't his apartment, but one of the people I'm trying to remember people in his complex had their windows broken Maybe he didn't get that, but anytime that happens, like I know, seems like Rashid had that happen to him at one of the houses that they lived in when hail came through one time that their windows got smashed out with the size of the hail. Is that crazy or what? Yeah, man. Like, I, cause then it's like, okay, now you got to go and board up the window so that the rain doesn't come in and ruin your carpet and all that stuff. Can you imagine sitting in your crib? No. <laughs> it's just the windows start exploding. But it happens. And, and, and it's hail, but yeah. you don't know that. You just know that it's exploding. Yeah, man. I mean, I fortunately, knock on wood, I've never had that happen. But man, when hail that size is dropping, the sound that it makes, I mean, it, 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 you feel like you're under attack. <laughs> hell yeah. And it's just, I mean, that tell come like a lot of people, and I know sometimes you don't have a choice. A lot of people will use their garages for storage and whatnot. And I right. always try to make sure that we have space. I mean, now we're lucky because... We just have the one vehicle, so we have plenty of room if we needed to use the garage for storage. But there were times in our old house where we would park one car in the driveway and one in the garage. And man, I would move stuff around when we saw that potential hail was coming to be able to fit that second car in there. Really? Oh, yeah. Because you just you don't want to mess with it, man. I mean, hail will F up your car. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. And just like from the sheer hassle of it, like if you get your windows shattered, your car, you can't drive your car, so now you're down. No, you're, that's actually a good point. You're right. Yeah. You're right, you're right. It's wild. So the other thing to bring up, and we talk about this from time to time, seems like fairly regularly sometimes, but the world of working out in which you were bringing this up that you had a couple of weeks where you were running into workouts where you just, for whatever reason, the energy wasn't there for you. Dude, it was the weirdest thing because I, I had a great stretch in uh, probably March, April, and May where I was just hitting it. I probably missed a total of about seven days. Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. probably about seven or eight days in those two and a half months. And I was really feeling good. I, I was getting stronger. Uh, just felt great. And then all of a sudden, man, it's like the, 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 I stepped off a cliff and I showed up and I had nothing. Uh, my bench decreased. <laughs> like I'm not sitting in here and saying I rep 225 like it's like it's 135, but I could do four or five sets of five good sets, good reps of 225. Dude, I could I could barely get up 205 mm. for more than five or six, and so I was hanging around 185 just getting some work in. But but then all of a sudden, about three days ago, all my energy came back in the last three days. Because uh, I mentioned this to my workout partners, like my workouts have been, they've surpassed anything I did the last couple of months. <laughs> it's just weird how the body is just weird like that, man. I don't know if it's all a lot of rhyme or reason or, or what the deal is, but uh, they've been great lately. Yeah, workouts are, I, I go through periods like that. Where it's more like well, I have days where for whatever reason, my body just feels tired. And yep. sometimes like when my body feels like way off, I'm just like, okay, I feel like maybe my body is saying, Hey, give me an extra day here. True that. Something like that. Like I just need more recovery time. And you know, if you wear a device, I think most of them now, my Fitbit does this where it'll say, what is it? I think it's called your readiness score or whatever. Really? Yeah. I'm trying I to, Fitbit, I think that's what it's called. Doesn't have it. Or I haven't seen it. Yeah. That's so cool. it'll give you a readiness score. And like it weighs like your recent activity, your recent sleep and your heart rate variability. And it goes into this formula to come up with a readiness score. And like 
per, obviously the best you can get is 99. And so right. mine today is 60, which is actually still good because it's telling me that aim for 87 minutes of active of zone minutes today. But like by the time, because I usually work out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'll take off Thursday and work out uh, Friday and Saturday. And by the time I get done at Wednesday, like my readiness score will be 20 something for Thursday. Right. And it's like, okay, take a day off, let your body kind of regroup, you know, or not even taking a day off. Cause usually Thursday I'll do like, I'll go for like a, a, like a long walk or something like that, where I'm still doing something active, but it's a lot less intense than what I'm normally doing. Right. So stuff like that. But I get, do you take a pre-workout? Do you do anything to amp yourself up? Yeah, I take, uh, and I don't take, uh, I don't like traditional pre-workouts. They, they give me, they get my heart going too yeah. fast. I don't know, man, probably for about 20 years now, I've taken this stuff called Zip Fizz. I can't remember if I brought you some. Yeah, 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 I know what that is, yeah. It's a little vile. It's mostly B12 more than anything, but it's, I like it because it's water-based. Um, so I take that most mornings uh depending on what kind of workout or how i'm feeling i'll drink a protein shake before i work out um sometimes i drink a red bull sometimes a celsius very rarely a monster but something just to give me alert something to get me going a little bit but i'm weird because i like to hit the sauna first for about 12 minutes to loosen up my body because it's old get the sweat going and then i like to warm up a little bit and then i like to go yeah, it makes a lot of sense, man. I mean, that's, I take a pre-workout. I used to take that, that no explode and it's, it's got a lot of caffeine in it and yeah, it became a little too, too much. much. Yeah. So I dropped <laughs> down to now I take optimum way has a pre-workout that has way less caffeine that I can take. And I'll take that. You know, one of the things I kind of like about pre-workout is, you know, some of them will have creatine or just other things that your body can utilize while you're working out and whatnot. And it's interesting because some of them, there are days where I'm like, man, I'm just dragging ass today. And I might take like, instead of one scoop, I'll take two. And I'm like, okay, that picks me up. And at least I can get, like, get myself going. Cause usually, and I know this mentally, there's always kind of that, if I can get seven, eight minutes into it, then I'm good. And, and there are days where that yeah. first seven, eight minutes, I'm just like, man, okay, just, you, you know, push it. And then I'm like, okay. Because it usually takes me seven to eight minutes before I start sweating and getting in. And once I start that, I'm like, all right, now I'm in it. And once I get like, once like I get 20 minutes into it, I can go for an hour. Like it, what's oh, crazy to yeah. me is like, yeah, the, yeah. like it's easier for me to do that than it is to sometimes those first seven to eight minutes just to get it going to start off with. Oh, no, I've, 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 I've actually looked at it. And for me, it's, uh, it's literally 10 minutes which is kind of wild to me, but I don't start sweating for 10 minutes. And then once I start sweating, it's all good. Uh, but uh, lately, usually my body feels stiff at the start, but lately it's been feeling a lot more loose when I start, which means I start faster and I get off and I get up to a good pace faster and, and everything's better. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say, because I, I really judge my workouts not so much by calories burn, because I wear a Fitbit too, but by my average heartbeat uh, during, a, during a workout, if I can keep it at 130 for the workout, to me, whatever the caloric says is, is okay because 130 means you had a really good workout. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that even on the days where I don't feel like doing it, it's, it's become such a part of my routine that, and, and I've kind of talked to the lady about this, like I, I basically consider it, like my, as a part of my job, you know what I mean? Like some people are like, Oh, I'm going to, cause I work out at home, but when I was and had better access to better gyms and whatnot, like to me, I was like, okay, well I'm at work. And then on the way home from work, I would stop and work out. Like that's a part of my work day. Like my day's not done until I complete that part. Okay. You know what I mean? And then I can relax and start doing some other things. Cause I come home I don't sit down. I don't, Oh, I'm going to watch something or start this. No, like I come home, I immediately take my pre-workout change and, and get my, like within 30 minutes of walking in the door, I'm working out. I think that's the way you have to do it. Otherwise you get distracted and it'll never get done. Right. Uh, which is also the reason why I go at five o'clock in the morning. Yep. Because it's the one part of the day nobody wants. You wake up, 
you roll out of bed, you put your stuff on, you go. You don't even think about it. It's just like, ah, all right, I'm out. Yeah, that's one of those things that like, I've told people before that are, have trouble. Like, ah, oh, you know, I tried to work out and I just, I'm so tired after work when I get home. I was like, okay, well, look, what you need to do is you have to plan it like that. Pack your workout bag and whatever you need and do not go home. Like if you're going to go to a gym, go straight from wherever you work or do it in the morning, go like leave early and just my workday starts. And that's a part of your workday instead of looking at it as some extra thing that you're doing, because then you have excuses like you wouldn't miss work. You wouldn't be like, oh, I want to sit on my couch and watch TV today, so I'm not going to go to work. Yeah. And, I, and I think if you switch that mentality of this workout has become a part of my workday, then it becomes, this is just what I do. It's a part of my day and I have to incorporate this and I have time for some of those other things after I get this going. No, that's, uh, that's exactly what you have to do. And um, until you do that, then your workouts will be inconsistent. Trust me, I know, because I was like yeah. that for a decade. Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, it really is. It's, it's one of those things, because I was talking to a friend of mine about this who they were like, yeah, I want to try to get back into working out. And I said, man, it, it's... It, when you first start working out and, and, and some people do it and then they, they fall off and they try to get back into it. The reality of it is if you do that, you got to start where you started before because you can't start where you left off because your body has had too much time in between. And there's so many different types of workouts now, you know, in a lot of these group workouts, like people will try to go and, and start off like immediately doing like a camp gladiator or something like that. If you don't work out regularly, you can't just walk in and do that. <laughs> no you it, just gotta you know you gotta uh, know your body and you gotta ease your way into all these yeah things. man like just like honestly just start like i tell people if you do nothing active at all for the first week just make yourself whether it's going to the gym or doing it around your neighborhood go for a walk and walk at least 30 minutes and just walk and if you can regularly get into the idea of okay t i gotta go do this then you can start okay now let's incorporate some other things Right, right, right. I mean, the reality of it is with working out, I think so many people get frustrated of, oh, I want to look like this or I want to be this. And I worked out for two weeks and I don't even notice a difference. It's not about today. It's not about tomorrow. It's really about where are you going to be in three months? Where are you going to be in six months? Well, you know, as, as a guy who's been a former fat guy, I've told people all the time who are trying to start workouts or whatever. OK, now you didn't gain his weight in two weeks, so you're not going to lose it in two weeks right you know what all you want to do is lose a couple of pounds a month i mean a couple of pounds a week and that'll be progress and if you really do some extra you can maybe you'll lose three or so pounds a week but any more than that is really kind of gimmicky and it's hard to keep it off two pounds a week is kind of the standard for keep it off maintain it off and uh you know be able to keep whatever weight your goal weight is be able to stay there yeah in reality of it is the vast majority of it, if your goal is to lose weight and, and you can work out and work out and work out, you have to change your diet. Number one factor. Ding, you ding, have ding, ding. to. No, you have to. You like, can work out. I've done it. You can work out like a madman. Yes. If your diet is crap, you might gain weight still. <laughs> it's true, man. I mean, it's, it's very, very true. You, you absolutely, the quickest way to drop weight is work out and eliminate carbs. If that's your goal. And if you cut out carbs, man, you will drop it like crazy. Cut out sugar, which is obviously a carbohydrate. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's um, that's an even if you do them both. Yes. You can't fail. I mean, you Seriously. don't have to go down the rabbit hole of insanity like I have in the last six months. Yeah. You know, but, but let's let's give people a public service announcement. Like when we say cut out sugar, most people go, oh, OK, I'll leave candy alone and ice cream and stuff. Man, barbecue sauce. Yeah. Sugar in it. <laughs> Seasonings have sugar in it. You know, everything's got sugar in it. Fruit's got sugar in it. Everything's got sugar in it. Now, some sugars are better than others, but if you're really trying to eliminate sugar, just check the back of, of anything you eat and you'll be shocked, shocked, shocked at the number of things that have sugar in it. Right. Anything, especially like added sugar is where you want to eliminate that because that's sugar that is not naturally occurring. Like fruit is naturally occurring. So obviously you don't want to go out and eat a ton of high sugar fruit constantly, but it's good for right. you. And that type of sugar is broken down into fructose in your body, which is naturally occurring fructose and not added, which is a good yeah. thing. 
you don't want the added sugar. Like when you read a label and it's like, oh, 17 grams of added sugar. That's you're basically you might as well just eat a bite of, of straight trans fat, man. Because <laughs> that's what your body's going to turn it into. Yep. 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 So All just these uh, things are correct. Just a couple of things, man, as we bring up working out from time to time. And I had a conversation with a buddy of mine recently about all that type of stuff. So I know dude, it's tough, like, man. When you have a great workout, though, there's there are a few things better than that. Yeah, yeah orphans are flowing. No, and, no doubt. I mean, you literally feel like a million bucks. You do. <laughs> I mean, you get high off that stuff, man. No, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Your endorphins start flowing. Yes. You literally do have a workout high. It's fantastic. It really no, is. It's it's a, it's a it's weird, man. But it's it's real. Feel good, look good. Look good, Hell feel yeah. good. Sleep yeah. good. All that stuff yeah. plays into it. Oh, it was fun. I thought so. Enjoyable conversation. I hope all of you out there enjoyed that as well. <laughs> but as we continue here, we got to talk some baseball. And before we get into that, HFX Foundation Solutions, my friends, some of you, as we just talked about, have experienced colossal amounts of rainfall in the last couple of days. Now you're going to go through heat. At some point, you're like, okay, what happened to the rain? It's a drought. And then it'll deluge on you again. All this type of weather in Texas, along with the crap, crap soil, plays into foundation issues. A lot of people in the North Texas area struggle with foundation issues. You go, well, how am I supposed to know? It's cracks in your walls, your ceilings, your floors. It's, it's uneven floors, sloped floors, doors that used to open without a problem that are starting to stick. As your foundation has these gentle shifts, you might notice some of those signs. That could be a sign that your home has a foundation issue. That's where HFX Foundation Solutions comes into play. They're local, they're family-owned, they service all of DFW. I would give Aaron and his crew a call. It's a free, no-obligation inspection, so if you notice those signs, get out in front of it, man. Dude, what else would you want to do? I mean, the thing about it is, and we make fun of it, but it's real, man. You get a colonoscopy to check out your insides of your body, make sure everything's in great working order, the stuff that you can't see. That's why we call it a colonoscopy for your crib, man. Aaron and his team at HFX, they go in there and they look inside your house all and check out all the places you can't see, all the nooks, all the crannies, everything in between. And then they come out and give you a report, say, hey, looks good to me, baby. Or they say, hey, we found something. But most of the time, hey, we find this early. You need to do X, Y, and Z. Catch it then. We'll get you taken care of. It's all good. And what that does is it gives you peace of mind because you want panic. You want heart stroke symptom. I mean, heart attack feeling. Mm-hmm. Have your guy come and tell you, well, we found this problem with your foundation. Uh, can we sit down and talk about it? Uh, get a cup of coffee? Uh, you don't want to hear that, man. What you want to hear is it looks clean as a whistle. It's perfect. We'll see you this time next year. That's what you want, and you need to find out, so give them a call. It's easy to do, man, and, and again, free, no obligation inspection. HFX Foundation Solutions, they handle all of your foundation needs. They also do drainage and gutter installations, 817-770-0174 or online at hfxfoundation.com. Smokey John's Barbecue, man, doesn't get any better than that, and we all need to treat ourselves with a little jam session bowl from time to time. That's one of those things... If you are anywhere in the North Texas DFW area, I challenge you to try that jam session bowl because we've had people from Sherman that have driven down to make sure that they can get it. We've had people from out west of Fort Worth that have driven into Dallas to make sure that they can get it. They created it for you. There is a (laughs) off-menu item. Like regular people can't go into Smokey John's and order this. It's only for people that listen to the podcast. You jam fans that are out there, there is a food item created just for you Go get it. It's for you. <laughs> what could be better than that, bro? Nothing, man. It's awesome. And the jam session bowl, if for some reason you haven't heard about it, let me tell you about it, man. It's fantastic. They take a big old bowl and they stick you the mac and cheese or mashed potatoes at the bottom. And then you get to pick two out of five smoked meats, man. You get the sausage, which I usually do, the brisket I usually do, or you can add chicken. I mean, it's, you got options. And then, bro. All this stuff you find on a load of baked potato, you know, chives, cheese, bacon bits, butter. I mean, ah, oh, sour cream. Oh, it's all fantastic, man. They put all that on top of that, top of the meat. And then you want it drenched, you want it drizzled. Your choice with that Smokey John sauce that Matt drinks from the bottle, it is to live for. It's a whole bunch of food, man. 
Uh, two people can eat it, no problem. If you got a little shorty who's five or six or seven, y'all all three can probably eat it. Everybody's good. So, Jam Session Bowl, ask for it. Thank us later. Yeah, it's, it's very, very easy to do, man. You're going to love it. It's summertime. Barbecue just goes with summertime. You got Father's yeah, Day coming up for this weekend, man. Take your dad over there on Saturday. Have him sit down. Enjoy that Jam Session Bowl with him. Smokey John's Barbecue, of course, yet another family-owned restaurant. They've been doing it for a long time, and nobody's doing it better than those guys over at Smokey John's. Love those guys. Also love the Texas Rangers, but they have run into really what is kind of their first hiccup of the season. I mean, I guess you can go back. If I recall correctly, in late April, they lost four in a row because remember they right. got swept by Cincinnati, and then I, they lost to the Yankees. And then they lost four out of five really early, like the second week of the year when they lost to yeah. Baltimore and Chicago. Right. But they had been so good for the last couple of months, and now they've run into that bump where they lost to St. Louis. They lost two out of three to Tampa. The bullpen fails them again. Otani hits a couple of home runs against them on Monday, and they've lost four out of five now here at this stretch in June as, once again, we see the bullpen kind of struggled and, Man, I thought this was wild because the lineup had been so good. And the Rangers entering Monday had hit a league best 334 with runners in scoring position. But they hit just four for 21 against the Angels with runners in scoring position. And they went something, I think it was what, like four innings or something without a hit? Yeah. Um, you know, bro... Uh, I like to always remind this, remind folks that this is, it's baseball, man. Their regular season is twice as long as anybody else's. And the beauty of baseball is at the end of the year, brother, you are what you are. There's no fluking 162 games. If you're a great pitcher, you're a great pitcher. If you're just an average pitcher, you're an average pitcher. Because you got, in baseball, you got time enough to suck for six weeks and have a great season. Think about that. You can yeah. suck for six weeks and have a great season. You suck in the NFL for six weeks, dude, your career might be over. Uh, so that my point is, it's baseball. You can't get caught up in it too much. As, and here's what I mean. As long as they're playing good fundamental baseball, as long as they don't have any catastrophic injury, then they will eventually revert back to their norm. Like, I didn't think Corey Seager was going to hit like 600 with a homer and a double right. every yeah. game for the rest of the year. He did that for about a week and a half. And now he's going back to his normal thing. You know, Marcus Simeon had a 25-game hitting streak. I didn't think he was going to hit in 100 straight games. Well, maybe he goes back to his normal thing, or maybe he's in a slump for, for a week, you know, because he was so hot. So it's baseball. You can't have a football mentality with baseball you can't even have a basketball mentality with baseball you just got to understand the reason why the rangers are like 20 games over 500 is they didn't put a long winning streak together bro they literally just won two out of three like six weeks in a row six series in a row that's true they did not put any long winning streaks together till they won five in a row but they were just winning two out of three every week and maybe they had three in a row because of how it got set up but they they didn't run off any long streak um now, I will say this. DeGrom hasn't been there, so I don't even count him. But John Gray's got a blister, so maybe he misses a start. And, you know, now you got to bring somebody else up, and there's a chance. John Gray been pitching great, so if you got to bring somebody in, chances are they're not going to give you the same kind of start. And, you know, a lot of what they've done has been built on starting pitching and offense, and so you need that starting pitching to set the tone. Yeah, and, and Dane Dunning, look, I mean oh, – Otani is is Otani. He is one of the great players in Major League Baseball. You knew he was going to hit a, a home run. He hits two. What are you going to do? Dunning was okay. You know, Reagans comes in, and that was where it was unfortunate that 12th inning two-run home run that he hit off of him that gave the Angels a 7-5 to lead, and it's, you know, what are you going to do? Then the Angels had another dude that comes up and hits a two-run home run of his own four at-bats later off the same guy so Reagans comes in in the 12th gives up two home runs and four runs and all of a sudden it's nine five and and yep. look I mean for the most part 
the Rangers bullpen was solid after they pulled Dunning. You get into extra innings at some point when you have to go that deep into the Rangers bullpen, you're going to run into problems like that because they just don't have the arms in their pen to continually put guys out there and hope they can get the job done. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. That's what I mean when I say it's baseball. And it just is what it is, and you have to accept that. And if you do, it'll, it'll do wonders for your blood pressure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because you'll understand what it's all about. So baseball is about a, s- a season of ebb and flow. And so right now it's not flowing quite the right way. But, you know, down in Houston, what they lose? Five in a row, something like that? So it's um, everything's relative, man. As long as your team is, uh, is doing well, just relax. You know, that's all I say. Just relax and enjoy the ride. It's going to be a fun season because I believe this is a really good team. I don't think it's a fluky team. And so you can sit there and you can enjoy them. Yeah, which is nice. And, you know, like you kind of brought up the fact that Houston has really struggled of late. They lost, what was it, four in a row. They have lost five out of their last six. And so while the Rangers have lost four out of their last five, they still have a four and a half game lead in the West because – the Astros have not taken advantage of it because they've been losing a lot. And as a matter of fact, they've lost six out of their last eight. Right. And so this is what I mean. This is just baseball, man. Because the Astros had one 18 out of 23. It's, it's just the way it goes. And so as long as you keep it in perspective, you won't go crazy. Yeah. It's a long, long season. It's a long, long season, which you're kind of bringing up. I mean, that's, that's kind of the point there with it can be – tough when you go through weeks where it's not going your way but like we said when the rangers got the 20 games over 500 for the year the reality of it is if you just go 500 the rest of the way you you literally are finishing the season with a 91 and 71 record right you're fine and and okay so you're going to lose four out of five at some point they're going to turn around they're going to win four out of five absolutely that's just that i mean that's what it is with baseball man it's (laughs) baseball ray the other thing with the Rangers, and I thought this was pretty cool. I don't know. I always like this. I always like when the Rangers get, I guess it's it's recognition on a larger scale. Yeah, national love is a, way, is a good way to put that. I'm a fan of that because being a lifelong Rangers fan, you don't have a lot of opportunity because of this. And it, it, it's nice when it happens. The, the Rangers haven't had a starter in the All-Star game, I believe, since 2012. And that's when they were coming off, of course, the horrible loss in 2011. But they were the defending American League champions. They had their manager, Ron Washington. They had three elected starters and eight All-Stars, which were Rangers records for All-Star games. Again, they haven't had a starting All-Star since then. Well, you got about a month to go until the game in Seattle. And the All-Star balloting update for where it is currently arrived on Monday afternoon Marcus Simeon is leading AL second baseman in voting. Jonah Heim, Adolis Garcia, and Josh Young are all in the running to advance this second round of fan voting for starters that are way up there. And it's it's one of those things, man, when you see it, kind of awesome. I mean, Simeon is fourth overall amongst American League players behind Otani, Aaron Judge, and Vladimir Guerrero. Not, not bad company to be keeping, huh? No, not at all. I mean, it's, it, it's pretty awesome. And then, so the top two at each position or the top six among outfielders on June 22nd advanced to the next round of voting, which determined the starter. That's kind of a newer twist. And then obviously the majority of the reserves and pitchers are determined by a player vote that comes later in June. But it's kind of awesome. So you got Simeon leading at short. Heim is second at catcher. And Young is second at third base. And Garcia is fifth in the outfield. So again, it's awesome to see this, man. But that's what you expect from a team with one of the best records in baseball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're playing like it, and now people are looking at them like it. So I we'll mean, see. I don't know. No, but that, I mean, but all those guys are deserved. You know, somebody was talking about Josh Young the other day. And if you just look at his numbers, hey. Yeah, I mean, he fits. It, it, it's it's just nice to see that on a national scale, fans are paying attention and they're seeing. I mean, Nathaniel Lowe was fourth in voting at first base. 
But I he's mean, a good player. Yeah, I know. It's it's just it's nice to see when the Rangers get some opportunity. And when people yeah. are starting to turn this up and they go, okay, well, here we go. This is kind of nice. So we'll see. I don't know what it means. Maybe they'll they'll have multiple starters in the All-Star game for the first time in years. Oh, I think so. I think they're at least going to get one. I mean, I, I, Simeon, I think, is probably going to wind up starting, which is kind of awesome. And may, who knows? Maybe Heim can get one of them. Maybe Josh Young is a rookie. God, how nuts would that be? Starting in the All-Star game as a rookie would be kind of awesome. He's having a heck of a year. He is. I mean, he's what you thought. Uh, let me say, he's what you hoped he'd be when you drafted him. Yeah, you're exactly right. He's what he was supposed to be. That's very true. And then the final thing to bring up is, man, we've seen some heartbreaking losses in Texas baseball, obviously, without saying what it was. But the College World Series field has been filled out. And on Monday night, Tennessee punched their ticket. And so did the Stanford Cardinal with one of the, you just talk about a heartbreaking, crushing loss, the Texas Longhorns. Stanford ties the game in the bottom of the ninth. They've got a runner on with two outs, and they get an easy fly ball to the outfield. Should be an easy catchable ball. We're going to extras. Great. Unfortunately for Texas, their outfielder lost the ball in the lights and had no idea where it was. And as you see his teammates, like he's just standing, like kind of, I don't know where it is. And you see the rest of the Texas players kind of realize, oh my God. And the second baseman like runs out there and tries and the ball just drops to the ground and Stanford easily scores to walk it off on a ball that gets lost in the lights. Yeah, that's weird because the left fielder never even moved. Yeah. Like he never moved. And uh, when they're doing the cameras and all the, the all the Longhorns are just stunned, bro, just stunned at uh, that's a bad way to lose, too, bro. It's a horrible way to lose. It, it, it's just. And, and, and what can you do, man? I mean, what can you do? I mean, he didn't. I mean, he, ne- he, he had, had no, no clue, idea where that the ball, ball was. dropped five feet from him. He Easily. Never saw it. Yeah. He had I no clue. Know. And it's just one of those, I mean, you know, a trip to the College World Series is on the line, and there's, it, it, there's nothing you can do about it, man. Nope. And it's just, it's such a, a I mean, this is a can of corn easy pop-up where all the players are pointing at it. Yeah, and it's a shortstop that runs out there because he realizes it too late. Dude, and that guy in the outfield, he, he's just looking, and he's got, he's, he, it's. The only thing I think, and I was going to look at it again, I think the only th- oh man the pitcher throws his hand the yeah. catcher throws his hand like pop up we're yeah. out no I mean this is a- oh, the only thing I can say is if you go back and look at it look at the center fielder the center fielder's got his arms out like I have no idea where the ball is and the only thing I can think about the left fielder is maybe had he said had he signaled earlier because he never really signals like I have no idea where it is yeah the center fielder does it almost right away yeah. Left fielder kind of rot, dry, runs over there, and then he stops, but he never really gives you the indication that, bro, I have no idea where this is. Kind of, and then, you know, maybe if he had one of those other, I don't know if the infielder could have gotten it, but maybe he would have recognized it earlier and sprinted toward it sooner, and maybe he could have made some miraculous play. But yeah. that's all the uh, second guess at the – at the moment of truth, it's hard to blame somebody for losing the ball in the lights. Man, and again, it was ruled as a hit. It was not ruled as an error, and it was Dylan Campbell, and Dylan Campbell is probably the Longhorns' best player. As a matter of fact, just an inning earlier, he had tied the game with the two-out single, and the Austin American Statesman earlier this year said that he may be the best right fielder in school history. Yeah, wow. And it's just, I mean, man... It, just a crushing, bizarre way to lose a baseball game. And, and, and that's that's twice in the last couple of weeks that I have seen games lose in baseball in ways I, because I've never, I don't believe I've ever seen a walk-off like that where a, a guy just lost the ball in the lights and it happened on a walk-off. A couple of weeks ago in Major League Baseball in a White Sox game, the catcher just completely whiffed on a fastball and it went over his glove and hit the umpire in the mask and shot off to the side. And the other team walked it off because of that. 
Yes, yeah, saw that. And I've never There's seen no that before. People will tell you that's the beauty of baseball. Man, it is. It's something, man. I'm, I, and that's just, that is very, very unfortunate. And then finally, we'll leave you with this. The Texas Rangers have let it be known here as we record this on Tuesday morning that on Monday night, Jacob DeGrom had elbow ligament repair surgery. It was successful elbow surgery. So the first step on Jacob DeGrom's elbow has happened. And now we will wait and see him in 13, 14 months. Mm. But the surgery has been done. Too bad he's not like on my MLB The Show where he still hasn't given up a run in three starts and he's been dominant. (laughs) Oh, well. No, but maybe he can get back to that. Maybe he can. All right, kids, there you go. That's our podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back for you again on Friday, so be looking forward to that. Continue having a kick-ass week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.